We are valuable people. We're not numbers. We're not ledger entries. We could never be replaced with AI, any technology, or anything else. We are uniqueness. Our consciousness could never be bought or sold because it's priceless. We see each other. Who's anybody kidding? The purpose of this show is to give you some encouragement, some recognition, some daily inspiration to uplift you as you start your day or end your day, and to help you get your best foot forward because your value is appreciated. If you're a small business owner, a wage worker, or someone trying hard to make it in these challenging circumstances, you are a hero. You are the heroes and the heroines of this show's story. Regardless of your political affiliations or your religious beliefs, your traditions, or your tribes, you are the value in this economy, and you are seen. In a world of destruction and degradation, the world should see you for the value that you create. If you're working a job and you're homeless or houseless, and you have to live in shelters or cars, this podcast is dedicated to you. Your resilience is recognized, and you're not alone not here. Different people do different things when they wake up. I smell the inside of my nose and then I hold my bed and make sure I'm really here because it's hard to believe it. Then I exhale and step outside and make sure the stars are still where they usually are. It's a moment of quiet, anxious wonderment. Every morning, I suppose one might say I'm an empiricist. Things are what they are, but that is a pretty scary idea for a lot of people. Okay, everybody, thank you so much. This is Commercial Herschel. I am here to help. This podcast is called Smell the Inside of Your Nose. Do it right now. I'm going to read a little story and just talk super briefly about it. And I will ask a question for you to think about rhetorically throughout the course of the day. And of course, you can leave comments at those places where I do these uh, podcasts and videos if you'd like. And the story I'm going to read is called the people from the mountain and the people from the valley. But if you will indulge me, please, I'm going to place a little promo right here. It's only 30 seconds right at this mark. Evoking questions for your smart brain to ponder. 20, 30 minutes tops. Ease into your morning. Bedtime. Wake up. Sleepy time. Without any fear porn or panic media. Smell the inside of your nose. Do it right now. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks for sticking around. I'll go through all the places where you can find me online later on, but I want to get right into this story called The People from the Mountain and The People from the Valley. The People from the Mountain and The People from the Valley by Herschel Sterling. The island. There was a blue-green island far off in a deep, vast sea. It was an island like many other islands. It had shoreline and crests. It had prairies and rivers. It had lakes and bluffs. And it had mountains and valleys. And of course, there were many people, too. But they all broke down, essentially, into the people from the mountain and the people from the valley. The mountain. On the mountain, people were busy. There was original thought and innovations. People didn't argue about problems. They solved them. In fact, 
Having a problem was a privilege and an opportunity. Having a problem to solve wasn't a problem at all. The mountain people were less identified by their race or their gender or their orientation. They were primarily identified by their minds, their strengths, their talents, and genius. They were in love with life. They knew their consciousness was precious, and they developed it, and they used it to enhance life. The valley. The valley was chaotic. People focused on others' faults instead of their own strengths. Ungrateful. They could not get their minds off of what others had, and they suffered from envy and jealousy. When there was a problem, they looked for the opportunity to point fingers rather than innovating solutions. In the valley, people were dependent on judging and siloing people and categorizing people by their race, their gender, and their orientation. They embraced divisions and political structures that were dedicated to maintaining the struggle for resources. They succumbed to narratives that crippled them with mass delusion. The mystics. In the valley, these narratives and structures were manipulated by people slightly more clever, but sinister in nature. The mystics used the tricks to control, to convince people to fight amongst themselves. The mystics then set themselves up as leaders so they could gain unearned privilege from the very chaos that they germinated. The mystics used every violence and cheap trick imaginable to suppress the consciousness of others. They degraded the value that other people created. They were threatened by honesty. Some people from the valley understood this, but they were punished by the mystics when they would expose it. The mystics convinced the rest of the valley people to be helpless and that they were victims and that they needed external authorities and rituals and irrational fear for understanding the world and for guiding their every move. The mystics were viciously protective of their unearned elite positions and riches. The difference. Needless to say, the people from the valley were intrigued by the people from the mountain who did not have the problems. The mountain people created things that made life better. They were the ones who solved the problems for the whole island. They did it because they were in touch with their creative natures. They benefited from the values that they created, even as the mystics took the credit and villainized the mountain genius. The peoples from the mountain and the valley traveled freely between locations. The mountain people were always amazed at how simple the solutions were to the problems that existed in the valley, and they were sad and heartbroken that the mystics maintained these problems for their own benefit and to the detriment of the valley people. When the mountain people would see a valley person addressing issues, they would make note of it and watch to see the result. The mystics would end it in violence, trickery, and theft against the astute honesty and value-seeking valley person. These ugly deeds would be carried out via the systems created by the mystics by other valley people who sought easy rewards. Therefore, there were plenty of people in the valley who had material wealth, but they used it as a tool for power and held it over the heads of other valley people as a means of intimidation to pirate and abuse rather than create. When the people from the valley went to the mountain, they were amazed and puzzled by the opulence, the vibrant health and longevity and loving romance with which the mountain people lived. Most of the valley people couldn't understand how such a lifestyle was attainable. 
Even the people from the mountain who were not as moneyed still lived well, for they understood their value and they reveled in their wealth of consciousness and lives full of love and possibility. This was their reward, and they were respected as they contributed. The Breakthrough It became increasingly clear that the whole of the island was becoming fraught with the types of problems no one could survive unless some positive and succinct changes were made. The people from the mountain had to pull out all the stops and to begin a process of locating every single person possible from the valley that they could identify as being able to think beyond the structures, the narratives, and the fear created by the mystics. The mountain people were able to use methods that they had devised over the years to help the valley people in these efforts. Since the mountain people could recognize a valley person who could see through the mysticism, they would contact these insightful people and offer them the tools necessary to let their true natures thrive. The mountain people would write stories and create values that would awaken something inside of the dormant aspects of a valley person's consciousness and open the door to many new experiences and others with whom they could develop new skills. Mountain people began congregating in the valley and valley people would come to observe. So many valley people were beginning to understand their power and beauty that they possessed that the living conditions around the meeting places in the valley were beginning to improve. The valley people were applying what they were learning. Soon, there were more people able than unable to see through the mysticism of the trickster mystics. The glory in the throes. The illusions that the mystics had created were crumbling. The narratives lost hold People were no longer stuck in the past. The mystics couldn't maintain the irrational restrictions on progress and innovation. Therefore, the problems and stresses that had once plagued the valley were dissipating. For the very first time in their lives, even some mystics had no choice but to try to create value because their options were limited. It was endearing to watch their attempts. People were understanding about it. People made plans for the future. They solved looming problems and they were able to make the adjustments necessary to survive the difficult changes ahead. The beginning. Okay, thank you so much for listening to my story. Uh, I would like it. It would be really nice if you could just indulge me a moment to just go through and plug some of the places that you can find me online. You can find me at Substack at Commercial Herschel. You can hear me broadcasting at KUAP Digital Broadcasting. That's troubledminds.org. I transcend all podcasting realms. You can buy me a coffee to comment at buymeacoffee.com forward slash smellcast. Then you can see video versions of me at HowTube and Rumble. At HowTube, I'm Commercial Herschel. At Rumble, it's Rumble Early Risers. Smell the inside of your nose. Do it right now. And at BitChute, that's spelled B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E, BitChute, I'm also Commercial Herschel. There's some Web3 for Lightning users. Check out my stacker at stacker.news forward slash Herschel. And at Publish0x, search for Commercial Herschel. 
I like those places. I don't do any blue at tube and I don't do any panic trauma social media. But sharing really helps. If you hear something you like, really like it and want to share it, you're welcome to share it any way that you want. I can't stop you. I'm not going to do a little break. I'm just going to go right into the question and keep this thing really short. Here's my question to you about that story that I just read. Are there any parallels in real life that you can think of that represent that story? Just wondering if you could think of, like I told like the different things, if you could just like think of anything in real life that that, that lines up with, okay? And now we're going to do the send-off. The send-off, it goes the same every day only different. And it goes like this. This place where we live is not a joke. When I gaze at the stars at night, when I look out over the hills during the day, I'm consistently reminded that we live on a planet in space, wailing through the galaxy like a screaming rock. We're on such a small planet in such a tiny galaxy that no matter where we are in our galactic cycle, the universe of stars seem immovable. That's incredible. We're a moment, an instant, in an infinite universe. We're an infinite, in an instant universe. And every moment that has ever happened here, and that will ever happen here, happens simultaneously in the snap of a finger. The instances of existence are so close in proximity that the whole thing is a singular, material event. It's essentially over already. It's hard to believe we are even experiencing it. I hope we can be here tomorrow. There are people who would say, that makes us insignificant. I strongly, very strongly disagree. The fact that we are so improbable is the very thing that makes us momentous. We are conscious beings who can observe ourselves. We are consciousness observing itself. You are each a refraction of light from a single source. You are the individual and the whole. Simultaneously, you are a masterful, mysterious, distinctive, and anomalous paradox. I'd say that's rather significant. In the context of the time that our galaxy is here, and the infinitesimal millifraction of time that we each have within that context, the reality of your consciousness and your power to observe and to manipulate matter, to use space with the essence of your energy and your planning and time usage in this three-dimensional plane, the influence of your refraction of the source is immeasurably exponential in the cosmic expanse. Because it expands as far as you are able to observe into the infinite universe. Do you know why? Because your observation affects it. That's superposition. That's really cool. You are rare. You are not only a body. You have radiance. You radiate. Your eyes can't see the frequency, but there is light. You are a luminescent jewel. You are a jewel. And you can shine on yourself from within yourself. You are significant beyond the perception of anyone else. You shine on yourself while you shine on others. And what an honor that you shine on me. Now, smell the inside of your nose. Do it right now.